We're still studying about the strange woman. Solomon spends a lot of time talking about sexual sins, which is all lumped up into the strange woman. She becomes the icon of uh, sexual perversion. And in verse 7, Solomon says, Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, depart not from the words of my mouth. Wisdom is appealing to the sons of men here. The children of Adam. And most especially to us, the children of God, to whom wisdom belongs. And wisdom says, hear me now. O O ye children, depart not from the words of my mouth. Why? Because there's hidden dangers in every sin. And there's repercussions that come with them. And much more involving those with an adulterous relationship or a relationship that uh, is fornication. Here all wrapped up into again the icon of a strange woman. I want you to notice tonight that wisdom is telling us to not depart from the words of her mouth. Brother Richard, why are we spending time talking about that it seems very obvious why would we want to even elaborate on that because we just got through being warned about the words of some other woman's mouth (laughs) remember to not depart from the words of wisdom's mouth then we're going to have to depart from the words of the strange woman's mouth you know the mouth that has words that drip like honey (laughs) that are sweet To the ears, but are bitter to the belly. Wisdom's words are always sweeter than honey. The Bible's very clear about that. But you know what? To the flesh, they don't always appear so sweet, do they? Kind of like a child. Child says, I want to go do such and such. I want to go spend the night at so and so's house. I want to go ride my bicycle in the street, whatever. And the parent says, no. And the child thinks, oh, I never get to have any fun. And that's the way the flesh is. The Bible just spoils all the flesh's fun. And so the Bible doesn't always sound so sweet to our ears. To the flesh, it doesn't sound sweet at all. Sounds boring. Sounds bitter. But sin is always sweet to the fleshly ears. But Solomon is saying, look, you've got two different voices you need, that you're, you're hearing right here. And listen, we need to understand that. I, I had a lady, lady at work the other day, uh, sweet Sabrina, the one that uh, has been reading the book and going to church lately. And she says, how do I deal with my mind wanting to think differently like how I used to think in the past? How do I deal with that? Man... Everybody deals with that. Every Christian deals with that. You've got the one voice from your flesh telling you one thing. You've got the voice from the Spirit of God through His Word telling you something else. One drips like honey and the other's like a parent's stern finger wagging at you. Solomon says, you better pay attention and be careful whose words you listen to. 
The strange woman's words are bitter poison, but they sound like honey to our flesh. So there's this contest of words, wisdom pulling us one way, sin pulling us another, and it's up to us to decide if we are going to believe what God tells us about sin or what sin tells us about itself. Many of you may have seen a video that surfaced a few years back of this little boy who got in an argument with his mother over a box of cocoa. How many of y'all have ever seen that argument or that, that video? Well, he looked at that box of cocoa and he assumed that it would taste like chocolate, the cocoa powder. His mother told him, no, it's going to taste bitter. You don't want to eat that. But he didn't believe her words. It looked like chocolate. It kind of smelled like chocolate. He wanted some chocolate. The cocoa powder, that little box of cocoa powder, it dripped like honey to his eyes. But wisdom told him to not depart from her words. But instead of listening to wisdom, the little boy listened to that delicious looking box of cocoa powder. And he took a big spoon of that cocoa and put it in his mouth. No one saw that but me. You saw it. You saw it. That was great, man. That was good stuff. And that's when he learned that it dripped like honey, but it was bitter as wormwood. That little boy almost got choked on that powder. Wisdom's telling us, don't go by the senses of your flesh. Don't go by the desires of your flesh. Go by the Word of God. What that little boy's mother was telling him, it's like, oh, you're spilling all my fun. Look at that chocolate. I want some chocolate. Her words didn't drip like honey. But boy, once he got that bitter cocoa in his mouth, (coughs) he is coughing and powder's going everywhere. He's looking back at that box, still coughing that powder out. Like, what happened? Yeah, should have listened to Mama. Here's a kingdom truth. God's words won't always be sweet to your ears, but they'll always be good for your soul. They won't always be sweet to your ears, but they'll always be good to your soul. God's word is not what our flesh desires, but it is what our flesh desires needs. And his word tells us, look now in verse 8, remove thy way far from her. That is the strange woman. Our way means the path we walk, our daily routine. And I want you to notice something here tonight. It says we are told to remove our way from her. And that means if your path is taking you near her, then you need to remove that path from your life. Remove it away from her. Literally, uh, here in the Hebrew, you need to refrain from contact with her. That's what the Hebrew word means when it says remove. It it, it means refrain. It it literally speaks of like uh, recession. Recession. Like something, like a hairline receding back or something. I mean, get back. Get your way far from her house. Let's say there's a woman at work that you're attracted to. 
And she knows you're married. But she's been flirting with you. Causing your mind to think about her in an unrighteous way. Or there's a man at work and he's doing the same thing. And your mind starts thinking about that person in a way that's not good. It's not righteous. And it's not fair to your mind. It's not fair to your spouse. It's not fair to your church. To your children. It's not fair to your God. To continue subjecting yourself to that temptation. It's not. Going to work in a situation like that day in and day out will damage your walk with God. Period. In discussion. It will damage your service to Him. It will damage your relationship with your family. So you need to remove your way far from her. And if that means reporting your co-worker flirting with you and things like that to human resources, then so be it. If that means moving to another place in the company to get away from him or her, then so be it. If that means getting yourself another job, then so be it. I'd rather get myself another job than get myself another family. Wisdom says, remove your way from her, look now in the text, and come not nigh the door of her house. Now I want you to notice that Solomon did not say, don't go in the door of her house. It's very important that we notice what he didn't say here. Solomon didn't say, don't go in the door of her house. He said, don't come near the door of her house. What's the difference, Brother Richard? You see, if I'm at the door of her home, then I may not go in, right? I mean, I could come up here and I could be by the door of her house. <laughs> and I may not go in. I may say, no, that's wrong. I shouldn't go in that house. I'm just going to move right on by. So this is the difference. If I'm at the door of her home, I may not go in. But if I'm not near the door of her home, I cannot go in. You see the difference? And this is wisdom speaking to us here. Many of you know that Brother Shepherd and I practice complete abstinence when it comes to alcoholic beverages. We don't drink at all. And someone may say, oh, Brother Richard, there's nothing wrong with having one or two drinks as long as you don't get intoxicated. Well, if you've had a couple of drinks, you have gone near the door of insobriety. If you've taken a couple of drinks, then you may not take a third. But if I haven't drank one, then I cannot Take a third. You see the difference? This is a principle here in Scripture, whether it is the strange woman's door, whether it is some other sin's door, I am safe if I don't plan on not going in the door, but I instead plan on not going near the door. You see? It's a safe Practice. It sure worked for me. 
It sure worked for me. That's the principle Solomon is teaching us here. Don't go near that door. He's saying, hey, this is important here. There's too much at stake for you to lose. There's so many people. So many people. I, I've talked to a lot of folks who've had bad relationships and made mistakes and uh, either cheated on their spouses or whatever and marriage doesn't work out. They end up having to go somewhere else and starting over again and all that. You know, I, I can't think of one person that's ever come to me and said, man, I tell you what, Run around on my wife or run around on my husband. That was the best decision I ever made. Can anyone think of someone that thinks that? It just doesn't work out the way uh, that it drips like honey when you think about it. And, and, and there's too much at stake to go near the door. Stay away from it. Stay away from it altogether. Put some stops in and protect what is important to you. Getting yourself near sin's door is like pointing a loaded gun at your loved ones and then trying to resist the temptation to pull the trigger. How about we don't point that gun toward them at all? <laughs> How about we lock it up in the gun safe and then you don't ever have to worry about pulling the trigger. If you love them, if you love your family, don't point sin in their direction. Don't go near her door. Look now in verse 9. Lest thou give thine honor unto others. Just before I came here, there was a man at this church who once taught the adult Sunday school class. And as the adult teacher, he had the respect of his fellow church members. But he not only let himself get near the door of a strange woman's house, he walked in it. And he stayed in it. He cheated on his wife. And he ended up having to step down from his position as adult Sunday school teacher here and leave the church. And now somebody else has his honor here. Someone else is teaching you Sunday school. Someone else has the privilege of sharing God's word with God's people. You see, what sin did, it gave his honor to someone else. That's what sin does. Every year, school teachers all over the United States commit sexual sins. The strange woman, the strange man, the strange little boy or girl. It's all wrapped up here in this text. Anything that is strange to God's commandments concerning sexuality is wrapped up in this text. And every year teachers all over the United States commit sexual sins with their young students and exchange their classroom for a jail cell. Every year. In a few short years, they go from being on the dean's list at their college to being on the sex offenders list in their community. 
Isn't that amazing? And someone else takes their honor. Someone else steps into their classroom. Someone else takes their paycheck. Someone else is called Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so and has the children's respect and applause. So many husbands and wives have cheated on their spouses and lost the respect uh, that uh, they should have had from their children. And you know who ends up getting that respect? You know who ends up getting the respect when some spouse parts off one way and runs off with somebody and abandons their duty as a, a, a mother or a father? Do you know who ends up getting that respect a lot of times? Do you know who ends up holding those grandbabies and being called a lot of times mom or dad even? Often it's the step parent that comes in and does the job that the biological parent refused to be a grown up and do. They sinned against God. They went off with a strange woman or the strange man and they gave their honor away to another person. The Bible tells it like it is. Sexual sins. Now, now, now look back in the text here. He says, lest thou what? Give. You see the action here? Man, when you give yourself to sin, you're the one giving your stuff away. He didn't say unless sin robs you. Man, sin doesn't rob people. It's your choice to sin. Sexual sins don't rob you of honor. Solomon said you give your honor away. It was your choice to disregard the wisdom of God. It was your choice to play the harlot. It was your choice to violate your vow. Not only will you give your honor to someone else. But look back in the text. He says, but and thy years unto the cruel. Thy years unto the cruel. The word cruel here, it has the idea of something that gives no mercy. Something that, that takes without mercy. Just takes it. He says you'll give your years unto the cruel. The cruel may be a jealous husband. Who literally takes the years of the cheating man or woman. How many jealous spouses have killed their spouses. And a lot of times themselves over this very thing. Or killed the person their spouse was running around with. The cruel may be the loss of years off your life. Brought on by all the stress that sin has brought upon your body. The cruel may be the very woman that you cheated on. Or the woman you cheated with. Who strip you of the wealth that took you years to accumulate. Thy years unto the cruel. Every one of us has seen this. 
you'll have somebody young, get married, everything seems fine. They'll have their children. They'll work, work, work. Then they'll get into their midlife. And the time when they are almost through, almost made it to the end, about to reach their golden years, someone will decide they want to break free and go off and try to reclaim their youth and their sexuality and all that stuff. Find someone new and exciting. And all the years of wealth building, all the years of saving up for your old age, suddenly are taken by the cruel. Without mercy, they're stripped away. Which is why Solomon says in verse 10, Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth. Man. So many men have left their wives for another woman only to lose their houses and have another man move into them. You talk about rough. There was a, a man I talked to one time Lived in Rice, Texas, just down the road from us. And he lost his house in the divorce. His wife's living in the house, from what I remember, with another man. He had no place to go. He ended up having to move in with his ex mother in law. How humiliating! Let strangers be filled with your wealth. And some guy can just step right into this man's home that he worked hard for and paid for and step right in and, hey, this is a nice spot. And the man who built it, living with mother-in-law. Their wives get part of their retirement. Some strange man enjoys living off the years of their labor. They give their years unto the cruel. No wonder Solomon says, don't go near her door. He said, strangers will be filled with your wealth. Do you know where a lot of your hard-earned money goes when you run around on your spouse? It goes in the hands of divorce lawyers. Who settle your divorce. It goes into the hand of strangers. Who accumulate the wealth you earned. Solomon said be careful. Let strangers be filled with your wealth. Look back in your text. And thy labors. Be in the house of a stranger. Man I tell you. You can't get any more clear. Than what Solomon is telling us right here. You, you can't read this and tell me God's word isn't true. Man, we've seen it. Many of us have lived it. And thy labors, that means everything you work for, be in the house of a stranger. I know a woman who was married to a man for many years. But because of a strange woman and a strange man, because of sexual infidelity on both of their parts, she and her husband got a divorce. And that woman who had been married all those years to her first husband, 
while he had a good job and had good benefits when the divorce was final and he remarried somebody else she lost the lifelong insurance that she would have had had she remained married had there not been sexual infidelity and the other woman who was never that man's wife when he was working that job never supported him through that time in his life now enjoys those benefits instead her labors are now in the house of a stranger and I have no doubt that there are many people listening tonight, many people here tonight, who know somebody who fits this bill. Who knows somebody who because of sexual sins, their labors are now in the house of a stranger. Take heed to God's word, church. Because it's a bitter pill to swallow when a stranger enjoys your wealth. And with that, we'll close. God willing, we'll take back up next Wednesday, nope, Tuesday night, next Tuesday night, in the next verse. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you, thank you for your poignant clear, straight talk with us, Lord. God, you so tell it like it is. It's just that we don't always believe it like you tell it. And God, I pray that we will be wise enough to take your word for it rather than bite the bitter cocoa and have to learn it by our bitter experience. We ask it in Jesus' name.